Welcome to another episode of the Victory Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is a ministry of Victory Baptist Church in Valdosta, Georgia. To learn more about our ministry and the impact it has had in our community for over 50 years, visit VictoryBaptistValdosta.com. Now let's listen to today's message from God's Word. Matthew chapter number 1. And I'm trying to give to you, just read maybe, uh, maybe just read one or two or three verses here, and, uh, and then we'll pray and try to uh, share our burden today. Matthew chapter 1, verse number 18, it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was a spouse to Joseph, before uh, they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put, uh, to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take thee, marry thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for your love, your grace, your mercy. I thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for this season. Thank you, Lord, for, uh, Lord, the representation of it. Lord, for the worship of, Lord, you. I pray, God, that you would help us to speak the things you'd have us to speak today. Lead God direct in our lives, in Jesus' name. Amen. I am not making an effort to preach necessarily a Christmas message, uh, but it is uh, that season, and uh, uh, hopefully pastor will be back in the pulpit and, uh, very shortly. Uh, but I had this on my thought, on my mind, and I thought that I would um, try to share it with you if I can, and so uh, we'll, we'll see uh, sort of how the Lord works here. But in uh, Matthew chapter number 1, of course, it's the story and the, uh, the take uh, or the tale of how Christ was born. And I've been thinking about the importance, and I didn't really have a good title, and so uh, what I sent to Jonathan was just the doctrine of the virgin birth. Uh, but the importance of the virgin birth of Christ or the doctrine, the teaching of it. Uh, some time ago, uh, I, I, several, many years ago now, I was reading um, after a very particular author, and uh, he wrote a lot of books, wrote a lot of, wrote a lot of good books, and uh, I had bought a lot of them, and I would use him, uh, his commentaries, as I went through and preached through some books, and somebody gave me a book he wrote, and the title of the book was called The Murder of Jesus. And it was about the death, the burial, and resurrection of Christ. And I was reading along through there, and I was eating it up, and uh, it was, he just done a really good job at talking about the death of Christ and uh, the resurrection of Christ. And at the very end of the book, the author made a comment, and he said that it did not matter how Christ died, but just so long as he died, and that he died for the sins of the whole world. Well, uh, I, I, I want you to know that's, that's, that's not a biblical truth. Uh, the Bible said without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. He had to shed his blood on the cross uh, for us to be saved. The whole emphasis of the scripture is the redemption of mankind. That's the whole purpose of it. The whole purpose of Christ's life was uh, that he was 
coming that mankind might be saved. And I just want to say before we go any further, if you're not saved, and we've had several saved. I, uh, preacher, I, you, you haven't, I know it's been a few weeks, and man, we're so thankful you're here, but I've been telling them, I don't know if you've heard it on the live stream, I hope that you, uh, when, when you're healthy and your knee is well, and we go to baptize, that you come out plum pruny uh, from the list and the number of folks that need to be baptized. That's our prayer. We have a list. Uh, uh, there's probably 10, 11 of us that have a list, and you're welcome to it. If it's something that you want to be a part of, you let us know, and we'll send it to you. It's a list that we've, uh, uh, we've made of people who are either aren't saved or are not in church and, and we're just praying preacher that God uh, and preacher has that list and I know that he's praying for them uh, but we're praying that God would keep saving sinners and that God would save lives and uh, save souls and we've seen several saved recently and man we, we just praise God for that but Christ's purpose in his life was the redemption of mankind I want to tell you something the details matter. Now, I don't know. Listen, I went and looked at a few other books and uh, that were other versions of the Scripture, uh, and, and they all have this text right, but I want you to know, it matters that Christ was born of a virgin. There, there's a lot of significance in the fact that he was born of a virgin, and, and we need to hold on to that. Listen, uh, there's a lot of things we're letting go of. It wasn't a young woman uh, that birthed Christ. It, uh, it, it matters that he was a virgin, that he was virgin born. So in this text, we see this. Uh, by the way, I, I wrote in my notes that, uh, that, that this anything other than that is, uh, is that approach is heresy, and that it breaks with the promises. Of God and it eliminates the power of God and leaves us without profit. There is no profit in what we're doing. There is no profit in the scripture. There is no profit in our church attendance, our giving, our uh, visitation, any of the ministries that we're doing if Christ was not born right, if he did not die right. None of this has any value in our life, has no working in our lives. So it matters. We see this truth about the virgin birth, or these, this doctrine of the virgin birth, the first thing we think about is the promise of His virgin birth. In Isaiah chapter 14, the first place that we see this, and it said, uh, therefore, this is, a, this is one of the prophecies, and, and we had a great men's prayer breakfast. If you, don't, if you didn't meet with us this Sunday, uh, listen, men, I want you to know, every, the first Sunday, I know a preacher would say this, uh, but the first Sunday of every month, we get together, and we have breakfast, and we fellowship, and we pray, and Brother Robert gave a tremendous devotional this morning, and talking about the, some of the prophecies, and some of the things, the truths of the Word of God, and how how that uh, the Bible proves science out. It's not vice versa. It's not science proving the Bible, but it's the Bible proving science. And so here's one of these prophecies that we have. It said, therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. I saw a picture the other day, and I, I won't uh, go into great detail, but it was of one of our political leaders, uh, him and his twins uh, that were given to him, and they staged him up and had him there in a hospital, in a hospital bed. I'm going to tell you, I, I'm not going to go into great detail, but that's not how it works. Listen, and I want to tell you something, never has there ever been a child born without a father and a mother. That's the only way that God created man to conceive and bear children. 
And so he said in this text that a woman, uh, a, that she shall, uh, in verse number of the 7 or verse 14, that behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. Listen, that has nothing to do, uh, listen, has nothing to do with a mortal man, has nothing to do with a natural father. He said, but he shall, shall conceive and call his name Emmanuel, being God with us. From the very, uh, the initiation of the promise of a Savior. Listen, up until this point, uh, they had to have uh, some other sacrifice that only went so far. They could go to the temple or they could go to the tabernacle and there make sacrifice and make an offering for their sin. But that offering would only take them so far. It would only last for so long. Uh, but this offering, this sacrifice, it's going to be different. It's going to take away the sins of the whole world. He's different. See the Isaiah 7, 14, then Isaiah 9, 6. He said, for unto us is born, uh, a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. The world didn't know these things. That uh, The world doesn't know peace. How many people do you know that when they get saved, the very first comments that they make is, oh, the peace that is in my heart, the peace that's in my life. Why? Because we have been, up until the point of our salvation, we have been at enmity with God. We've been at variance with God. And there was no peace in our life. And the moment that Christ saves us, there's a peace that we're filled with. Why? Because we're filled with the Holy Spirit, God has reconciled us with the Father, the Prince of Peace. We see this, the promise of the virgin birth. I'm thankful for the promises of the Bible. I'm thankful that God has given us some promises. Life would be most miserable without the promises of the Word of God. I'm thankful that He promised us a Savior that I'm thankful that he promised he'd never leave us or forsake us. That he had, listen, he had never, he had, listen, God has never once failed me so often. I, I have failed him, but never one time has God or has God failed me. He is truly faithful. We see the promises of the virgin birth. And then we see the performance of the virgin birth in our text. He said, in verse 21, he said, uh, in Matthew 1, verse 21, it said, and, they shall, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Verse 22, now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was, uh, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet. In verse 23, it says, Behold, a virgin shall uh, be with child. And here it reiterates that promise we just read. Shall bring forth a son, thou shalt call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Now here it is. God with us. It is God in the flesh. Now it, it had to be. It had to be. And listen, this is where, and we're not throwing off on these other, te or these other teachings and these other beliefs. I, we're not, I'm not ridiculing them. But this is where they fall by the wayside. Is that in order for us to be saved, in order for, in order for, listen, and for us to be redeemed, in order for us to be justified, in order for us to, to pass from death into life, 
the one that had to die had to be God in the flesh. Listen, listen if I laid my life down for you, that, that might be an, it would be very well an admirable thing. But listen, there's nothing I can do about your sin nature. I can't cure that. I can't pay for that. I, I can't cleanse that. It took God in the flesh. So we see a couple things about that performance. The first thing we see, it was a fulfillment of Scripture. That, his birth, the birth of Christ, was a fulfillment of Scripture. Now here's where we hang our hat. We hang our hat on the fact that every promise God has made, He has fulfilled. We, he promised a virgin-born Son of God, Emmanuel, God in the flesh, that would redeem man from its sins. We hang our hat on that. Because later on, what will hang our hats on is the fact that when I ask Him to save me, because if He didn't do that one, He can't do this one. It's a, it's a, it, it means something. Listen, and that's why we're so adamant about our Bible. Listen, it's not that we're trying to be obnoxious, but it matters what the Bible said. The words, the words, the words matter. They count. They have, there's meaning to them. That's why we hold on to it. We're not trying to be archaic in what we read or how we speak, but it matters what words we're using. It's a fulfillment of Scripture. It was the furtherance of God's plan. This is how God planned to redeem mankind. It's not just a fulfillment of, I said, I said it, I did it. It's a, this is the means by which that mankind will be saved. The performance of the virgin birth, the power of the virgin birth. In Hebrews chapter number one, this is what the Bible says. I, I was in Bible college. I was 17, so I guess it's, it's fair. But my very first year of Bible college, I feel like maybe it was my first year, we took a class on the book of Hebrews, and I, I'll never forget when the teacher, the professor sat down, and he began to read through this text, and he began to dissect some of these words. The power of the virgin birth. In Hebrews chapter 1, it says in verse 1, God who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets. This is how God spoke to us. In the Old Testament, God spoke to us through the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by His Son. So in times past, God spoke by the prophets. Today, uh, now, presently, in this text, He's spoken unto us by His Son. Now listen to what He says, because this matters. We're establishing, we're establishing the deity of Christ. He said in verse number, uh, verse number uh, 2, spoken to us by His Son, your Bible, that should be capitalized, whom, by, whom He hath appointed heir of all things. Now that jumped out at me this morning. I, I don't have time for that, but isn't it interesting that God talked about His Son and talked about how He was heir of all things, by whom also He made the worlds, who being the brightness of His glory and the express image of His person, and upholding all things by the power of His Word, when He had by Himself purged our sins. Now, listen, God is talking about Christ. He promised His birth. 
His birth came, and it is by Him that He's now speaking to us. So here's the deal. We're at enmity with God. We're, we're, we're separated from God. Our relationship has been broken. The relationship of mankind. We went down to the lamp yesterday, and all those people, uh, uh, we saw all of them, and our hearts were touched and moved and broken. How, how, how pitiful uh, it was to, to see that at, at Christmas and not have family and, and no, have nowhere to call your own. It was so uh, clinical or so, uh, uh, it was just so, it just was nothing like a home. We had the Christmas party at the house of the day and man, we, we've been doing some things and trying to get some things together and, and, and I, my, I, I told my wife, she's talking about was at the very last minute, she's still trying to put out more Christmas decor and decorations and I was like, you ain't got no more time and there's no more space to put any more of that stuff out. But it's just so, so homey. You just go in, it just, it's just home. And uh, what a wonderful thing to have a home and a, and a family. And then you can go in and it's just, uh, there's something so warm about being in your home or your family's home. You go in there and they're, 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 it's not there. And you see them and, and your hearts are touched. But as I left, I begin to think about how uh, that their, their need is not based on a house or, or their own bed or their own clothes or their own job, their own bank account, but their need is Christ. Oh, that's what we're so desperate for. And I'm going to tell you something. None of that happens without the Son being God. And His purpose was to purge our sins. Listen, what has me at all, what has me, uh, listen, what is weight on my shoulders prior to salvation, it's not my debt. It's not the nation's debt. Uh, but it is my sin against God. So here he is and he's declaring these things. And he said he had purged our sins. He, when he had purged our sins, he sat down uh, on the right hand of the majesty on high, being made so much better than the angels as he by inheritance obtained a more excellent name to they, than they. For unto which of the angels said he at any time, Thou art my son, this day have I for, uh, begotten thee. By the word, the begotten there, uh, is, it's used, if I'm not mistaken, it's used here. It may be used over in the book of Revelations, but I, it's the same word that's used in John 3.16, and that word begotten there. Listen, I understand it might sound archaic to the ear, but that word begotten there means one of a kind. He was it. We're not trying to be old. We're not trying to, to be antiquated. We're, listen, we're not trying to hold on to, uh, just, just hold on to the old paths for the old path's sake. But it matters because Christ was one of a kind. He talked about how he had begotten there. And, and it's such an important word. Words do matter. He said there, thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. He's talking about his conversation. He said, when have I said this to the angels? Verse 6. And again, when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he saith, and let all the angels of God worship him. And the angel saith, who maketh his angels spirit and his ministers a flame of fire, but unto the son he saith. Now, I love this. 
I've heard preachers talk about this, but the first time I heard this, I was in a class in Bible college, and you just about jump uh, through the building when you heard this. The father speaking, and he said this to the son, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. He was born of a virgin because he could not have a human father. The father, the God of this world, or the God of heaven, the God, had to be his father. If a man was his father, and we'll talk about it in just a minute, there's corruption in our, in our DNA. There's corruption in our flesh. He could not have been Christ. Here the Father said of the Son, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever a scepter of righteousness. I've, uh, when I was working in the office, I, um, Tracy and Marie, uh, sometimes you didn't, I, didn't know, I didn't know when the conversations were church or school or if they were just talking the, the family stuff. And so sometimes I would kind of hesitate as I walked in the door, the two of them in there, and they jokingly talked about that they had a scepter and that they would just lower it when I was allowed to come in. And uh, so, uh, but uh, the scepter of righteousness. Listen, listen, it is God, it is Christ that is able to give an issue, uh, an input, uh, righteousness into our unrighteous lives. The Bible said that our righteousness is as filthy rags. The best I have is nothing but garbage. So he talked about the scepter of his righteousness uh, the, and the, is the scepter of thy kingdom. But here's what we see here in this text. On, the, on this power of the virgin birth, we see that Christ is God. Christ is God. I know that's really simple, but you need to get this. It matters, the fact that he was virgin born matters because Christ is God. By the way, that's the reason we're so careful about when we say the name of Christ. That's the reason we don't put his name uh, we, 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 we should honor and, and hold His name to a higher standard because we're talking about the holiness of... We're talking about the holy God. So we see the, that Christ is God and that Christ, secondly, is not corrupt man. The reason these other, these other belief systems were, where they fail is they, they take Christ and they put him on a earthly level. And, I, and I'm convinced that some of these men that probably may have started some of these other religions, they, they may have been good men. Maybe they've done good deeds. Uh, listen, there, there's a lot of work by some of these other denominations that are, 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 I would say are probably good works. But the truth is, is that when they take away the deity of Christ, they're taking away the power of of salvation. And if that's the case, we're lost. If that's the case, when we die, we will enter into hell. That There's no other means about that. So it matters how we see about Christ. So we see, we see, the, uh, we see the, pro, the performance, we see the, uh, the power, and then we see the production or the, pro, uh, the, the working. The, I said the production of the virgin birth, uh, but the work of the virgin birth. In Romans chapter 5 and verse number, in verse number 1, Romans 5, 1 said, Therefore being justified by faith, 
We have peace with God. There's that peace again. He said, therefore, we being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It matters. Justification and peace is a work of Christ in our heart. Justification matters. I know that it's a archaic, maybe in our day, an archaic terminology, but justification matters. It's the means by which that I will enter into the presence of God when I pass from this life into the next. By whom we also have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Verse 6, For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. The whole, the very reasoning of him dying was that we might have salvation. For scarcely, uh, for scarcely for a righteous man will one die, but yet peradventure for a good man someone would even dare to die. Uh, but God, I love this verse, right? But God commended his love towards us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The work of the virgin birth of Christ was that when he died, it was productive. It caused a change. It caused, it opened the conduit. There was a, it created a conduit between us and the Father. For when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son. Much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we now have received the atonement. Here it is in verse 12. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world. Here's where we're at. And sinners have to know this. And we ought to be reminded of this, that we are sinners. Listen, I was talking to someone just the other day, and I was telling them, it is not the things you've said. It is not the things you've watched. It is not the things you've texted. It, uh, it is not the things you've participated in that causes you to be a sinner. That is not what it is. It's not the drink, although I think we ought not drink. It's not the cussing, although I think we ought not to cuss. There's a lot of things we ought not do, but it is in our DNA. It is how we are born. We are born corrupted. And we're born that way because of Adam's sin. He corrupted all of mankind, and so by one man's sin entered into the world. Entered into the world. He goes on and said in verse 1, he said, uh, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. For unto the law, sin was in the world, but the sin is not imputed where there is no law. In verse 14, Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over uh, them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression. I had one too many cups of coffee this morning. Who is the figure of him that was to come, but not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the, the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift of grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. So one man caused sin, and now one man is here to take sin away. That's it. When Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no man cometh unto the Father but by me, it's not just a passing comment. 
He had the means, the capacity to take away and to cover, to cleanse, to abolish our sin. Here's a couple words, and I'll go quickly. And uh, in verse, well, verse 16, and not uh, as it was that by one, one sin, so the gift for the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in the life by one, Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ, he brought both justification and righteousness. His death, his life, his burial and resurrection brought justification and righteousness. Here's the power of the virgin birth. Justification is made possible. What's the old definition of justification? Just as if I had never sinned. His, his death, burial, and resurrection brought about the possibility of justification. If you're here and you're saved, you're, you've been justified. It is not, uh, the Bible said, the just shall live by faith. It, 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 my, my life, listen, it, it is, it is uh, my justification. It's not me. It's not my works. It's not my, it's not my, it's not my anything. Fill in the blank. Christ. Justification is made possible. Righteousness is made possible. In Romans 1.17 it said, for therein is the righteousness of God from revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Not emphasize, it is the faith that we're emphasizing, but it's the justice. That's that justification. Those that have been justified, justification is not made possible Without their, listen, he was not just a common man doing, being, uh, doing uh, good things. That's why it matters. Hebrews 10, 38 said it again, now the just shall live by faith. Galatians 3, 11 said, but that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident the just shall live by faith. Faith in what? Faith in Christ. And then I, I have been hung up probably too long on this verse. But 1 John 1, 9, for if we confess our sins, I love this verse. I've really fall, I know it's simple, but I've really fallen in love with this verse. It says if we confess our sins, He is faithful. That means He's going to do it. How many times as, uh, uh, well, every sinner that's ever pled uh, with Christ to save them, He has. Why? Because He said He was faithful. He's going to do it. And listen, if those promises are broken back then, what makes these promises uh, that, that he's not breaking them now? The truth is, he's fulfilled all of his promises before, and he'll fulfill them going forward. If we confess our sins, so that's to the lost, right? But to the saved, how many times have we failed God? And, and, and we, you, just feel like, you just feel like the scum of the earth. You're heartbroken over your sin, and you go and ask God to save you. The Bible said he's faithful, meaning he will do so. Oh, but he's just. He's just. That just started in his birth. It carried on through his life. And he ended it in his death, his burial, and his resurrection. 
He not only is faithful to forgive us, but He has the authority and power to do so. Christ has the power to forgive our sins. Now, I don't know what your sins are. I don't know what you've done. I don't know how you failed. I don't know how many times you've laid awake and said and, and pleaded with God. Or you've worried over something that you did, some failure in your life, and, and how tragic it is for people to, for God to have forgiven someone and them not forgive themselves. But I want you to know something. The one that counts, listen, your mama may not forgive you, uh, your, your, your boss may not forgive you, your wife, your husband may not forgive you, but I'm telling you, the God of heaven promised uh, that by Christ, through Christ, in Christ, that he would, he not only is faithful to do it, but he has the authority to forgive me. I can, I can forgive you. My forgiveness means nothing. But when the God, the Bible said in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Christ was God in the flesh. We saw the beginning of that at His birth. I want you to know something. Christ came to save sinners. Christ came to change lives. Christ came to redeem mankind. I was at enmity with God with no hope for my life. There's some really good people. I've been around, I've been put, uh, and Miss Tracy, if you'll come, and, we'll, and Brother Greg, we'll, we'll get a song, and we'll give an invitation, and we'll go home. But I, I've been around many of good people. I guess because preacher's been out a few weeks and I've been thinking about it, I, I'm so thankful for men like our pastor. He's a, he's a great man. If, 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 there's a, if there's a human that is a good or a great man, it's our pastor. I'm so thankful. But you know what? You can take your problems to him all that you want to. And if you had a need, I, I, I've experienced it, I've witnessed it, He'd do anything he can to meet your need. He can't forgive your sins. You can go down to the, uh, we, we went to, through New Orleans the other day and, and we saw that old Catholic church there and, and on the sign uh, of the church there was a time for when uh, you could come by and do confessional. Do that as long as you want to. But that man in that booth cannot. He has no, he has no just to forgive you. You can be a good person. You can, you, can do, you can do donations and you can give and you can work and you can labor, but you'll never. Listen, you get a bicycle and ride it for two years and, and, and you can go into a monastery and give up all the, all the pleasures of this life, but there's no just. Only Christ can forgive your sins. If you're here and you've never been saved, I want to encourage you. Plead on the one who can change your life. If you're tired of your life, if you're tired of your sin, if you're tired, uh, listen, if you're tired of there being no peace, if you're tired, listen, uh, of living that miserable life, not knowing, uh, listen, uh, true joy, there's a Savior that came to save you from your sins.
you're here and you're saved and you're not living right, if there's some sin that you've been dealing with and you're, and you're listen, I want to tell you something. He's faithful and just. He's faithful and just the first time. He's faithful and just the second time. He's faithful and just every time you call upon his name and ask him to forgive you of your sin. He's faithful and he's just. Will we stand to our feet? Our heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I'm not sure what that did for you, but I'm thankful that Christ was born of a virgin. That He was Emmanuel, God with us. We didn't deserve it. We didn't earn it. I don't know why He'd do it. But Christ came to save sinners. Would you come? Maybe you're here and you don't know. Would you come and pray? Maybe you're here and you have somebody that's lost and you want to come and pray for them. Quickly now.